Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, dear listeners. Welcome to Akdung Millwall. Now, ahead of every show this season, as you well know, we run a Pundit Games question for your delectation. Pundit Games at punditgames.co.uk. It's the number one board game, football quiz game on the number one Millwall podcast. What a nice little matchup that makes. So we always run a question ahead of each show this season. Answer to come at the end of today's edition, dear listeners. So this question is a, an English national team question. England. Uh, this is a Liverpool legend, a classy defender who won it all at Anfield, but his fortunes with the national side weren't quite the same. He played in all five games for England at the 1982 World Cup, as well as all three at the 1980 Euros, Itali- Italian uh, European Championships, where the three Lions never got out of the group stages. So we have a, a player, 1971 to 84, 340 appearances for Liverpool, seven goals. And then 84 to 86 with Sheffield United, 37 appearances. 42 caps for England, one goal. Um, Caretaker manager briefly, 2001-2 for Liverpool. Uh, Answer to that question, listeners, will come after today's edition of Akdung Millwall. Arrivederci Millwall. You're listening to Akdung Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no substitute. Welcome, welcome, dear listeners. Welcome to Afton Millwall. My name is Nick Hart. You join the number one Millwall podcast on a beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous Indian summer's afternoon in October here in Bermondsey. The sun is shining. Um, you join us after that wonderful midweek win down there at Plymouth. You join me in block one, surrounded by what I think are Dutch students. They've spent a fortune, dear listeners, in the, in the replica shirt shop. Um, all aged, I'm guessing, in the late teens. Uh, it's actually packed up here. I'm crammed right in the corner in Birdship Corner. Um, just to report on the Birdship situation, because I know you like to keep up with these things around the world, the, uh, the actions of Percy Pigeon up above me on the security camera. Well, it's, it's been cleaned off um, previously, but I do think there's not been touched since by human hand. And I think Percy's making a bit of a comeback. He's just starting to lay the groundwork for a good, proper... Uh, bird guano droppings on in Birdshit Corner. Your Millwall team news, dear listeners, whilst I waffle on about Percy's uh, business. Um, we've got an unchanged side from down there at Plymouth. Wonderful second half performance, I thought. First half, a little bit, little bit hairy at times, but second half, um, very, very good once we went in that goal here. Wonderful goal by Zian Fleming. So, um, in goal today, we've got Barbie Koski back line unchanged. Wes Harding, Jake Cooper, Ryan Leonard. The wing-backs, Danny Mack, keeping his uh, place in the side. Joe Bryan in front of them. We've got Alan Campbell. Did well, I suppose everyone did well down at Plymouth. Jury's a little bit out for me. Why not Jules Savile? But that's up to up to Gary Rowett. Alongside one of my men of the match, Casper Donor, 
in front of them, obviously, is Ian Fleming. The, uh, is, is he now the golden boy again? He's, he's made a big step forwards towards being the golden boy of the den. In front of them, good player the other night, uh, Duncan Watmore and Kevin, Kevin Nisbet. So there we are. We're about um, just over five minutes short of the kickoff this afternoon, dear listeners, for the visit of Hull City, along with Millwall, part of a pack of, of sides contending for the lower echelons of the playoff spots. So there were two points in front of us, but there's quite a few clubs in that top ten mix at the moment. Here we go then, dear listeners. Here come the two teams. Hull City in an all... Um, I think it's amber is their colour, isn't it? Amber and black. Lions, of course, in their traditional dark blue and white shorts. Unchanged starting 11 in for the Lions from that fine win down there at Plymouth. It's reproducing the home form that's the problem. Gary Rowett said as much in an interview with the uh, Southern News, talking about inconsistency. Um, I think you have to point things out that you're not happy with as a manager, he says. I think the players have to take that on board and make sure they do that with regularity. Um, yeah, I mean, straight now, home form is, is the key to the season. Currently, it's more crooked than the post-HS2 land deals, dear listeners. Bit of politics there for you. Listeners around the world be wondering what I'm planning on about. It's going to be Hull City to kick us off, attacking the cold blow lane end, which means, of course, dear listeners, Mill will be attacking the away end in the first half, as per the, diction, the dictums of the Venville Bede, writing in Anglo-Saxon England, Northumbria. Probably wrote it in Northumbrian dialect in 9th century England. Away we go. I had to laugh at one line from one of Gary Browett's interviews. This is with the, uh, the, uh, New, the London News Online, at the South London Press, as was. He says the challenge is not to panic, I suppose amidst difficult form, and not to be too gung-ho in every game. Don't be too gung-ho, Gary. That's, there's not much danger of that from what I've seen so far this season. I don't mind a bit of gung-ho, personally. But I think he's certainly fulfilling his non-gung-ho approach. Nice work, Danny Mack, on the right side, winning the ball back for Millwall. Is a long diag into uh, into space but uh, we do win a throw in out of it that was intended to be towards Ian Fleming I think from from J uh, Jake Cooper oh <laughs> Danny walks it straight into touch does well to win the ball back good tackle in there by Ian Fleming it breaks this is Campbell and this bit just um, too, uh, too quick to uh, pass it there gave the ball away to Hull City who now break this is the 20 on the right side on five minutes, according to my watch, shot from distance, that's over the bar. That was curling in a dangerous style, designed to give me the jitters, dear listeners. Two wonderful goals down there at Plymouth, I thought. Listeners, I know we've explored it already, but such for the uh, quality of both in their different ways. I think we can, um, it'll bear repeating here today. Uh, first goal was, of course, that beautiful pass, straight through the middle by Duncan Watmore. Thing of beauty. Wonderful, wonderful pass straight into the path of Zian Fleming, who definitely flicked it over the oncoming goalkeeper for 1 0. And then, obviously, late, 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 there was a beautiful challenge, another, another work of art in a brutalist style. Um, 90 plus 7, I think it was, to release Jules Savile, who fired the ball home from the edge of the penalty area with a plomb. Job done, but it's doing it at home that's been our, our problem. This is Joe Bryan on the left, he's one or three kick on the left. I thought he'd run himself, uh, taken it nice and run himself into trouble, but he's actually won the free kick. We're on, what, seven minutes? 
fired in at pace. It's into the path of one more one nil Millwall. Fired in from the rebound at the near post. Duncan Watmore one nil Millwall. Nice finish. Looks like he's taken a bit of a knock in the um, in the act of scoring that goal. That was a cross in from the left side. Headed downwards, goalkeeper bats it away, but then finished from close by. Duncan Watmore's have a look again. Actually comes off their own defender. And Watmore fires in at the near post, in off the goalkeeper. Nice finish, 1-0 Millwall. It's a good spell of form from Duncan Watmore, as we've just been mentioning that beautiful pass to Zian Fleming to open the scoring down there at, at uh, home park. And another good finish there from close range. Danny Mack mixing it on the right side there. Left his man, um, he's got a yellow card for that. Left his man on the floor though, hurt him. If you're going to get a yellow card, you might as well hurt him, might not you? That's 1975 Colblow Lane in me coming out there, listeners. I don't like that song. Don't sing it, listeners. Don't sing it. People say a miserable old sod. Just thinking back to the goal, I mean, it wasn't actually a Millwall player on the end of it. It actually came off of a, a Holt City defender before being batted away by the goalkeeper. This is them on the attack, though, before I pontificate on the goal. It was actually the power of a decent cross, I thought, because it was put into a dangerous area and they had no choice but to play. There was actually, from memory, and I stand to see it again, but I don't remember seeing a blue shirt in the mix. A very decent cross by Joe Bryan from the left side. Jake Cooper under, under heavy manners there. There's a little back header there by... Zian Fleming Nisbet just couldn't bring it under control. Unfortunately, the Lions do keep possession. It's back out to Ryan Ladd on the right side. He's got Danny Mack overlapping him. Here is Danny Mack. Ball in. Evades the defender. This is now Alan Campbell. What can he do? Oh, into the side netting. I thought he buried that. Maybe he should have buried it. He was free inside the penalty area. Had an open goal to shoot at tight angle. I think he should have done better there, listeners. Anyway, it's into the side netting. I think some over... On my side, I thought we'd have got into the I did for a, a, a fleeting moment of joy. 17 minutes. There was a um, a tweet the other day, or an X, what they call it. It was an X, not tweet, about certain players that you only ever refer to by their full name. Um, Joe Bryan is one. I can, I, you wouldn't just say Bryan, would you? I suppose it sounds like someone's first name, but uh, it's always Joe Bryan. I can't think of any more off, off the top of my head. I suppose. Um, with Gary Rowett's penchant for, for nicknames, you've got the likes of Nizzy and Sav. I would always say Jules Savile, I suppose. I suppose that comes into that category. But anyway, it's Joe Bryan. He's, he, he's the honour of having his full name pronounced rather than just Bryan. This is the 33 on the cutting across the middle uh, penalty area there. Whole City in possession. It's a scissor kick straight into the arms of uh, Bart Bielkowski. 19 minutes. Casper Denor, I rarely say Denor. I always say Casper Denor. Rolls off the tongue more, doesn't it? This is Hull City as we tick towards the 22 minute mark. Halfway through the first half. Bit of possession, they're a passing side, listeners. Nothing terribly dangerous from them so far. Lions obviously leading by that early goal from Duncan Watmore. Nice finish in close range. Here they come now. This is Hull City into the referee. It's going to be a free kick. The lines have looked um, bright overall. 
huge chance to make it 2-0 which was not taken by Alan Campbell but um, good value at this stage anyway to be 1-0 ahead but this is Hull City now on the right side of a penalty this is the 15 fired in at the near post but got down well and it's hoofed clear decent looking size crowd and listeners the, uh, the mill stands all look reasonably full can't see the away end from my, my angle but um, certainly the home sectors all look pretty uh, not far short of capacity a few dots of seats here and there but um, pretty good I've been watching a series on iPlayer called Boot Dreams. I don't know if you've seen it, listeners. I thought I'd recommend it if you haven't seen it. It's a documentary uh, reality series, I suppose you'd call it, but it's about a, a boot camp set up by ex-Millwall player Gifton Noel Williams. Anyone remember him from the past? Um, it's a fascinating series. It's at six parts. It's about a, a group of um, failed... Um, professional players who have fallen through the system for various reasons and therein lies the uh, the drama of the series if you like um, as they try and have one last shot at trying to get their shot at a, a professional contract um, it is fascinating the uh, that goes into some depth of the, uh, the, the training routines and this is a ball forward this is a chance for Hull City one each ball straight down the middle carved open by that ball right down the middle listeners Wes Harding screaming at Danny Mack down there. One each. I need to see that again. It looked a pretty plain, straightforward ball down the middle with no one near the, the whole player who was allowed to run through on goal. Waiting for the replay. They're not going to show it. Maybe it was too shocking. It looked shocking first, first time around. We can't have anything nice for long, can we, it seems, dear listeners. This is Hull City now, coming down the left. Nice take and turn by the 20. Oh, near post shot. Well, I don't know how Bart kept that out, listeners. That was a cross-in, cross-come shot at the near post. He got down instinctively. He's gone for a left-side corner. Lions on the rack at the moment. From out of nowhere, really, that goal has really rattled them. It, was, it looked a pretty basic... Uh, goal to concede so maybe that's put the um, the seeds of doubt in the defence which has always been fragile all season 20-27 minutes oh bloody hell there's a suicide ball back from Danny Mack gives the chance for the, the free chance for the 23 that's going to be 2-1 awful awful error by Danny Mack put the ball into the worst possible place releasing three Orange shirts, and it's slammed home for 2-1 now to Hull City. Absolutely dire, dire error by Danny McNamara there, listeners. <laughs> Defensively gone to pieces, dear listeners, in the last few minutes. Um, we're on now, 31 minutes. That was uh, basic left right to left ball which Danny Mack saw fit to head across the face of his own goal I mean you don't do that at school let alone in a professional environment it is uh, Mill pressing falls this is Watmore got Joe Bryan overlapping him what can he do pulled into the right it's a lovely cross that was a lovely cross no one in the middle this is Danny Mack now on the right side pulled back into the middle that's a poor cross he's going to get some stick now listeners Unforced errors again. Mill just giving the ball away. That's gone for a goal kick. Um, 
crowd not happy. I know player, uh, managers won't want to hook a player because you don't want to impose that humiliation on him, but um, Danny does look like his head's gone, listeners, to me. 34 minutes in. There was a uh, meme on the internet of the cycle of life, which is, uh, we will win, Gary Rowett, your football's all right, we will lose, Gary Rowett, your football is shit, and round like an eternal circle it goes. This is a ball over the top. This is Hull City. What's he given? Free kick. Thought for one moment he'd given a penalty. The ball, the orange shirt took it past our player. I think that was uh, Wes Hardy. Into the penalty area, and uh, I thought for one moment it was it was going to give a penalty as the man was taken out by him. As it is a free kick, dangerous position. Just left to the D, edge of the penalty area. Here we go, free kick. Ooh, wide left, thankfully. Well, you've looked vulnerable to the long ball all afternoon, listeners. The long ball over the top. We've got away with that one there, but um, a number of times, fairly basic long balls down the middle or, you know, right to left have, have had us in trouble. Unforced errors being the... the, the will kill you, won't they? That's a lovely little jink there by Kevin Nisbet. Let's see if he can get some form again now. Ball forwards to, to Zian. Couldn't control it, unfortunately. Another ball forwards. 20, taking on Jake Cooper on the left side. Cuts inside. That's a good tackle by Jake, but we're still under pressure there. The space. Oh, my word. That's across the face of the goal. Just about an inch in front of the striker. That was a huge chance for Hull City there. 40 minutes, listeners. We'll dodge a bullet. Hull City looking in control of the game at the moment, listeners. We're, what, 41 minutes, coming towards 42. Um, they're knocking a the ball around as they have been through the first half. Um, in triangles, here they come again into the middle half. This is the 30. Ball wide is screaming out. There it is, 33 now on the right. He's cut inside. Mill will bring away. Um, yeah, we've not really posed them any danger at all um, since that opening flurry, including the goal, and then that chance for Campbell that I've mentioned already. We've shown very little going forwards. And then we've contrived to give away silly errors. Basic stuff that's allowed them to score twice. Since really the, uh, the first goal equaliser, they've looked very much in control of proceedings. Crowd are not happy, as you can hear. Ticking towards the 44th minute of a very disappointing half for Millwall, listeners. Started well, started brightly enough, but um, the wheels have come off. Was it in the wacky races with the Arkansas Chuggerbug where they'd be driving along and the wheels would go past faster than the vehicle? That's what this has felt like. Ball forward, this is what more trying to find Nisbet inside the box. He's got two men in front of him. Also, Ian Fleming who blasts wide right, unfortunately. Those of the penalty area. First shot for some time from Millwall. Now, what, maybe a minute or two? short of the full time uh, the half time whistle very poor half for Millwall um, started brightly as we've said but self-imposed errors self-inflicted errors have contrived to give it away by the end of the first half well there as I predicted it's half time Millwall 1 Hull City 2 Achtung Millwall teams coming out for the second half dear listeners Looks like Norton Cuffey's coming in. Looks like Bradshaw's coming. I'm going to guess that's for Danny Mack, who had an absolute 
nightmare of a half. Um, online comment, as you can imagine, suitably scathing after relinquishing that early lead. And then looking so poor. Um, yeah, Danny's had a mare. Henshaw's made the very good point that um, how is Campbell getting a start in front of George Savile? Uh, question marks over the happiness of the squad. Gary Rowett's job still on very much on the line. I mean, this after a really decent win, there's Tom Bradshaw coming in as well. I'm going to guess that's for Kevin. And it's a bit no, that's uh, what more? Taking what more out? Away we go. We've had um, some emotional issues in the, in the group of teenage students so I'm surrounded by a bit of listeners. I don't know what the um, source of it. It looked like a possible boyfriend kind of meltdown by one of the young girls here. Um, I'm going to choose to believe it was she was crying because of the poor showing by the lines in the first half because I kind of know the feeling. She was in tears being comforted by her friends. Great move there by Norton Cuffey but poor cross but uh, lovely to see us beat a man start of the second half. Could be a right-sided throw just inside the first minute. That's just Dinor. Zian now on the right side. Jinking his way towards his man. What can he do? Cuts inside. Casper Dinor, will he get a shot away? He's always on target. Battered away by the goalkeeper. Great save. On target. 40, 48 minutes. Going to go for a right-sided corner. Nice shot by Casper there. This is uh, Campbell on the right side. Brook Norton Cuffey now. Jinking and turning. Casper Denor. In space, Campbell. He finds Ryan Leonard from the right side. What can he do? He chips it across the face of the goal. Falls to Jake Cooper. It's headed over from distance. Edge of the penalty area header. Norton spreading the play quite nicely. Halfway inside the uh, the whole half. This is Denor. One two, trying to work it through to Zian Fleming. There. This is Joe Bryan in, in space. He takes and turns. One two each, slotted home by Joe Bryan from the left side. Ball worked its way through to Joe Bryan inside the the left side of the whole city penalty area. He almost kind of um, slid it in across the face of the goal into it on the right side of the. Of the goal, one at two each. Mill catch a break. Look more enterprising at the start of the second half. Couldn't have looked much worse, I know, but there we are, two each. Can we press on now? Certainly having the two strikers has given us a bit more um, danger, sense of danger up front. Brought the crowd into play. And no more sniping. Coming towards 56 minutes, dear listeners. Atmosphere has lightened somewhat inside the den with that equalising goal by Joe Bryan. Nice finish, in fairness, nicely placed. Ball out to, Deneu uh, to Cuffey on the right side. He beats his man somehow. I don't know how he did that. Ball into the box. It's headed backwards by uh, Nisbet with no power, unfortunately, dear listeners. 50, 57 minutes. Marku coming in from Nisbet, I think that's the right move. He's not really looked on it for me. Some might say that's harsh, but um, I don't think he's looked right since he's come back from injury. Idamo Marku comes in. 50, 58 minutes. Dan Marsh writing for the 
South London Press. The London News Online referred to the uh, Mills need to emulate the levels of grit and endeavour they showed on Tuesday night. Two qualities they've been sorely lacking in recent weeks. Um, some ruthless changes made at half-time to, to hook Danny McMack was the right move, I think. Um, so far, yeah, we have shown more grit and more determination in this second half, Dan, so I make you right. Um, and then Dan goes on to make the points that we are only two points off the playoffs at the start of today's proceeding. So um, it's a crazy division, that's for sure, listeners. Crazy, crazy life. Who wrote that? Was that um, Bon Jovi? This is Amaku. It's loose inside the penalty area. He takes his man on. He's gone round it. It's going for a goal kick. Goal kick. For a moment, he pointed to the penalty spot, but no. Took his man on the left side. Went down under attention, I think, but um, no penalty. We're all pressing very, very high in the second half, which is good to see. I like it, but obviously, if Hull can get the ball away, that gives them space. But we're recovering. We're putting a bit of effort into it now. That's good stuff to see. Uh, clearly, a few questions are asked of certain players in that in that dressing room at half time because we've shown more in the second half. That's not to say that we have the game wrapped up. This is Hull pressing down the right side. They did work by Jake Cooper. Got that song in my head now. Crazy, crazy nights. Who wrote that? I know it wasn't John Jovi as well. It wasn't Poison, was it? How's your knowledge of um, 80s metal rock, pop metal, listeners? Was it Van Halen? It's going to bug me all day now. I must say, um, Henshaw's post at half-time chimed with me. Um, it's quite hard to see what Alan Campbell was bringing in that George Savile doesn't. Um, what lies behind that choice? Given that Sav scored such a great goal, is um, speculation, isn't it? This is goal kick, a little surge down the left there by Jake Cooper. I thought he might have been tripped, but no. They like to take a short goal kick, Hull City, and play their way out from uh, their own penalty area. I, I don't like that. I mean, it's great if we get a goal from it, of course, but I wouldn't uh, want to see us do it. It's the modern way, isn't it? It's it's the, it's the way of the pep. Not for my side, though, listeners. How about your side? Do you like it? Yeah, so um, do have a look at the Boot Dreams programme, listeners. It's well worth it. I think you'll like it. If you haven't seen it already, I'm, I'm very late to the party on this uh, TV reviewing front. I'll be reviewing Blue, Blue Peter with Valerie Singleton next. On Backpie with Jenny Hanley. Better still. 1975 edition. Savalon, you heard it. Why isn't he starting, listeners? Gary Rowick does mention in one of his midweek interviews with the London News about the need for consistency. I presume by that he's meaning consistency of team selection, but I think that equates to stubbornness when there's the man warming up down below us. He's going to stretch his legs and take some applause. Ball breaks, seven, coming to 69 minutes. This is Joe Bryan on the left side. Gets clipped. Referee gives a free kick. It's going to be a yellow card, I think. It's going to be Joe Bryan to take it, listeners. In it comes. It's deeper, deeper, deeper. It's a flick head. Oh, wide. Who was that? That was Tom Bradshaw. George Savile song to the tune of Tom Hark. Who did that? Piranhas. The Piranhas did that, didn't they? And the Scar... Pop scar era. Little pressure. 
much, much better second half, listeners. Consigned the first half to the, uh, the dustbin of history. Second half been much brighter. Mill searching for the go-ahead goal. To sound all baseball on you. The go-ahead goal. 74 minutes. Oh, I've gone all baseball. Half of them all watching their phones. I don't think they're really football fans, these, these kids. They are kids. The idea of going to watch a football match and then sitting there staring at your phone or having boyfriend text messaging breakdowns is um, beyond me. But then I'm 62 years old, aren't I? So it's been a long while since I've had an emotional text meltdown at the football listeners. We'll take and turn. This is SH... Finds Imaku running rightwards across the face of the goal. He's got a chance to um, block there. He's trying to pull it back across the face of the goal. It's headed leftwards, so it's going to be a left-sided corner. 82 minutes, dear listeners. Left-sided corner. Millwall. Brian to take it. Joe Brian. He's deep, bouncing around and away by an orange shirt. We play some quite nice passing football in this second half. I know we're not really noted for that, listeners, but um, it's been pretty good. It's just, as he says that, the move breaks down. It's going to be a booking, I think, for Ryan Miller. Clipped his man in midfield as the uh, hole were looking to break. Five minutes of added time, dear listeners. Still a chance to win it if we want to press forwards. I suppose the... Um, the railway approach is take what you've got. Point. Roman Esso breaks free in midfield. Strides it through. He's either my Marco puts it high over the bar. He just panics slightly there, listeners. Beautifully angled pass there from Roman trying to find his man. He had more time than I thought he, 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 he believed there. Put it over the bar. Big opportunity there. 90 plus uh, two at the moment. There's a full-time whistle, dear listeners. Um, in the end, not a bad point for Millwall after that mare of a first half. Much, much better second half. The introduction of Tom Bradshaw gave us more industry going forwards. Norton Cuffey, uh, and then gradually as a half-war along Jules Savile. Um, man of the match today, I suppose. Difficult one to, to pick out. I suppose um, Wes Harding again in defence. The defence was at times stretched in the first half, but... Um, he did, he did the best he could in difficult circumstances. Otherwise, I liked um, Kasper Denor in midfield. But um, overall, a point gained rather than a point lost, I think, in, in, uh, given the, the way the first half finished up. Anyway, there we are. It finishes Millwall 2, Hull City 2. Achtung, Millwall. Huge welcome next on the show to a previous guest, a previous listed lion. It's uh, Steve Lee. How are you doing, Steve? I'm very well, Nick. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. A lot better after the second half yesterday, mate, and I was at half time. I don't think I was alone in um, being disgruntled at the end of that first for, uh, 45 minutes yesterday. Um, unchanged side from midweek. I don't know how you felt. I, I probably thought that was the right call, but... It was quite apparent as the as the first half wore on that um, defensively we looked to shambles yesterday in the first period, um, and I found that quite strange, Steve, because it was a mental collapse. It reminded me of a batting collapse in cricket after that <laughs> yeah. opening goal. 
Yeah, I, I'm. I'm always a bit concerned when uh, uh, Rowett gets a result and <laughs> decides to play exactly the same side the following game. When they're they're two different sets of circumstances. One was an all an away performance that needed an away performance against a very good side in Plymouth. Yeah. Where yesterday we know Hull were decent, but we're playing at home again, and it's issue of this issue about how he you know garners the the uh, the um, uh, atmosphere at the den and. I'm sorry, it wasn't the, the, the correct selection for me. Plus, okay. also, I okay, and yeah. there was there, there was a subtle change that I noticed, uh, or hopefully uh, it was uh, meant to be a change, or it just didn't happen uh, inconsequentially. It was just, it was that Ryan Leonard seemed to be designated to p- pick up their number ten, Traore. Yeah. So, um, and I think then the defence looked really unbalanced, um, and I. I I, I can understand Traore was a da- looked a dangerous player. Yeah, but um, we, we never got the grips of it. We were completely, I thought, all, all sorts. And and even though you know we opened the scoring, they'd had a couple of chances before we opened the scoring. Yeah, they looked a dangerous, so, dangerous size. There. I mean, I, I, I was going to start off with the opening goal because I think there's more than a hint of luck. It's got to be finished. So I, I don't want to say it was a lucky goal because you know luck doesn't come into putting the ball into the net, but. Um, lovely cross from a free kick from the left side by by Joe Bryan, who was a standout player for me yesterday. I thought he did really well. Beautiful cross, um, but no aerial threat in the midst. It was it was that basically it was a cock up by the whole defenders there, Steve. There's no no one forcing that that situation. No, it was the 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 tactic that every opposition now applies to the um, Cooper threat. He's crowd him out. Yeah. So he, he has no room to to move to, to to attack the ball. He just has to stand there as a, a pivot as a tower. Yeah. Uh, and if the ball doesn't uh, hit him directly, you're just relying on scraps that fall from, as you say, a, a mistake by the whole defence or someone else picking it up. But uh, I give Watmore his due. He was very alert to um, what was happening there. Yeah. So, you know, you, you've got to give him credit. That was a, a well-taken goal and a, a poacher's goal almost. Poacher's goal. Yeah, I think it's a good description. Nicely put away in off the goalkeeper. I, I hadn't realised yesterday it was Ryan Alsop, an ex, ex-Millwall um, reserve goalkeeper. He never really played, I don't think, for the first team. Um, and then uh, what more kind of uh, injured his ankle in the, the... It's a very modern, ironic kind of, um, you know, moment really because we were... The, Clubs are so keen to make money from any any direction that it was the sky bet um, ground. Well, I don't know what you'd call it, sheeting, I suppose, um, yeah. that, that twisted his ankle. So um, you know, maybe there's a, there's an ironic lesson in there for for, for clubs, Steve. But sure. Uh, so there we are, one nil. I must admit, um, there was another chance just after that. I don't know if you if you how it looked from your your uh, vantage point. I thought uh, the ball fell to um, Alan Campbell. Um, yep. who put it into the side netting. I mean, I think he really should have, A, he should have hit the target, number one. That's that's the first requirement of any any, any anyone in that situation. Or secondly, I think Cooper and his bit were um, available in the six-yard box. I would have expected yeah. him to shot, and I would have expected him to hit the target, to be honest with you, Steve. I thought it was a poor miss by Buck Campbell. Uh, to me, it was more of a half chance, but I take your point. He, he should at least hit the target and make the keeper save it. Yeah. Uh, and um, I mean, there are other examples of that in the game, which I'm sure we're going to come on to. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, to be honest, yeah, I, I think Campbell's growing into his role. Um, uh, and I know the, a lot of people are saying the jury's out with him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I think he, he can be an asset to the side um, uh, because he doesn't, I say he doesn't hide. 
he'll you know he'll put the he'll put the running in he'll put the and, and look for space yeah uh, and yeah you know, I, I I always take the view that um, if you know if you're a central midfield player you've got to make yourself available and he he tries to make himself available he's looking fitter come his way he's looking oh definitely looking fitter you know yeah. uh, day by day I mean obviously he's arrived not having had much first team football at Luton and. Um, you know his his purpose at Millwall is to is to put himself in contention in a Premier League, um, not not necessarily with us, but um, he's certainly looking uh, slimmer. Let's let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> but there we are. That was that was a big moment. I thought if we'd have gone two 0 up, then maybe the game would have looked a bit different. As it was, uh, it went into the side netting and, and the moment passed. Um, we then come on to the defensive collapse period of the of, of the game, Steve. Um, yeah. I don't know what to make. I mean, the 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 first goal I've rewatched this morning um, in real time. It looked it looked shocking. Um, it, don't, it doesn't get any better, I must say. Um, but my, my 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 kind of blame allocation has shifted slightly in real time, and I think I was influenced by by Wes Harding berating Danny Mack for what was a basic long ball. It was actually between Wes Harding and Jake Cooper. Um, Danny Mack was off to the to the right. Now whether Harding felt he should have been covering behind in some way. I don't know, but I would have put put that on the account of either Wes Harding, maybe they have a joint bank account of Wes Harding and Jake Cooper, because that was that was between them. He went between the pair of them, and the whole striker was free on goal to 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 slot home, yeah. you know, easily. Um, I I I wonder. I mean, we will come back to Danny because um, obviously his 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 story would um, unfold, but. I just wonder whether he's becoming a bit of a a convenient, um, you know, scapegoat. Y- yeah, a coat peg. That's a quote, Reg Burr, a coat peg upon which to hang others others troubles. How did you sure. see that goal? Um, a, I thought it was a good pass, uh, and uh, it's a defence splitting pass that, mm. and again, well timed run. Yeah, but Harding Harding's defensive play, he plays quite high up on, uh, alongside his his, his co defenders. Yeah, uh, and 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 Cooper and Leonard. I, I noticed that at Plymouth goal, um, because I think he's got confidence in his pace. That if someone does try and break through, he can turn and, and make up that difference. But the, as I say, the timing of the run was was really uh, spot on. And uh, um, unless Harding would have dropped five yards, uh, uh, to, you know, to cover like the traditional sweeper used to, mm. um, he was. I don't think he was going to make up the difference. So. Um, I, 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 I would give personally. I would give credit to Hull for creating a chance. Um, That's interesting. That we just failed to defend um, adequately. But I don't. Th- I, I don't think it was a defensive mistake. I, I would. I would give credit to uh, Hull for creating a chance. So, certainly, certainly from my perspective. Interesting. Um, I mean, my, my my take was it was a fairly. Um, I hadn't looked at it as a good pass, to be honest. With you. I looked at it as a basic long ball down the middle, um, which which found a free man. But um, I'd, I'd, I'd take this; it puts a different um, gloss on it. So I'll take your point there. Um, There's another chance, very shortly after that, where I think Danny was he was beaten on the left side, um, or left as they attack anyway, um, a near post cross, which Bart managed to bat round for a corner. Um, we. Yeah. we we seem to look quite ragged quite quickly defensively, Steve. Once once we concede a goal, like like we just described, we seem to go to pieces, and that's been a repeat yeah. theme for some time. Actually, now we just seem to go go to pot suddenly, don't we? It's like a it's fra- it's fragile confidence, Nick. It's yeah, as simple as that. You know, um, if if they're like on Tuesday night, they were battling at, at Plymouth, 
they're, they're all up for it. Uh, and, you know, as the game wore on and, and, and Plymouth tired, let's be fair. Yeah. Um, we, you know, the, the, the defence got more confident in its abilities. Yeah. And, and uh, um, but as you say, as soon as we uh, conceded yesterday, it, they, oh, the, the, you could see the edginess. Uh, and, uh, and and I suppose say, the yeah. crowd feeds into that. I mean, everyone's yeah. entitled to their to their views and and their opinions, but the the crowd will you know the edginess of the crowd will seep into the into the team that's on the pitch. Um, the two are kind of related, aren't they? They are. And don't forget, we've seen a lot of goals conceded at home recently. Poor goals, yeah. So yeah. exactly. So that, that you know the crowd are thinking, here we go again. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and that's a natural reaction, you know. That's and, and the players must understand that, you know, the, the nerves spread around and it, it feed, everybody feeds off it. So. And, and there we did go again because oh. it was, <laughs> it was. I mean, I've written just another another long ball forwards from uh, defence. Um, what was going through Danny's mind, if anything, with that cross penalty header? I, I, I don't really know because it was it, it beat Bart. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, and, and allowed their their, uh, their their striker to pull the ball back across for to be slammed home yeah. and close. A terrible goal to concede there, Steve. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, the, and, the, and the comedy of Bart trying to recover. It's as though he's <laughs> running in slow motion or treading in you know uh, in treading water. It was it was it it was comedic uh, to the extent where. Um, yeah, it, it provided them a you know a gift of a goal. Really, it was a gift of a goal for them. Yeah, um, and, and that was so. It was two one. Um, we managed to snatch um, a half time. Uh, you know, being behind at half time from the jaws of being ahead. So um, a, a, a second half that turned around. Um, we we did look a different side in the second period. I mean, I, I can't get my head around this 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 squad this season, Steve, because we actually looked pretty good in the second half, mate, didn't we? Uh, I, I Again, I, I'd like to mention that that uh, half chance at the end of the first half that Fleming had. That um, really, that again, the, the confidence of a player, mm. if he'd got his foot round that, that could have been more, you know, the keeper should have had something to say. Uh, and I'm sorry, it's, it, it, it was a, a poor effort. And I thought, crikey, you know, that's that could affect the side going in at half time. Yeah. But obviously, there were there was conversations that must have taken place. Um, there was again another tactical change, and, and a number of us and a number of people, you know, I've I've heard them on your shows and and uh, seen them online, you know, criticising Rowett's uh, ability to react quickly. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, we did come out. Differently oh, in the second did. half. And made changes at half time. Uh, good changes, actually. Um, they were. Good to see the return of Tom Bradshaw, who brings a quality to the side that um, we just really miss when he's when he's not in in, yeah. in, in the team. Steve. I agree. Um, but I agree. also, we, we hooked the, the hapless um, Danny Mack and in came Norton Cuffey, who again, um, you know, slightly blows hot and cold, but does give you energy and does give you. Um, an attacking nous that we, we just didn't have in that first half. So we, we improved dramatically, yep. I thought, in the second half. We, we were a threat, yeah. all, all half. Uh, in fact, my son Alex said to me at one stage in the second half, he said, we've hardly looked left. We sit behind the, the away, near the away dugout. Yeah. Um, 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 we, we were looking at Cobbler Lane in practically the whole of the, yeah. uh, the second half. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's symptomatic of our control of the, uh, of the pattern of play. Um, but, Again, you, you've got to make that pressure tell. Okay, we've got an equaliser. 
but um, I, I, you know, there was there was a great deal of pressure on on a hole in that second half, and I think you're right. Norton Cuffey presented a big threat down the right, and that stretched them, which we didn't do in the first half. We didn't stretch him as much. I think. The, I mean, Norton Cuffey, just to consider him for the moment, he's a, he's a lone player, so we mustn't fall in love with him, listeners. But um, um, he, he beats his man very well. He's got pace. It reminds yeah. me a little bit of of, of Paul Ifill, uh, Steve. In, in, the, in the, sometimes you wonder how he gets past his man. It's all arms and legs, and somehow he comes out with the ball on the other side of, of the challenge. I, I think if I was if I was you know, I'm not his coach, but uh, I think areas to improve would be his crossing because he does beat his man. But sometimes the ball into the box is a a little bit, yeah. um, little bit falls a bit short, you know. But no, he, he was a real refreshing factor in that in that second period. Lovely goal, lovely finish from yeah. Joe. Uh, Joe Bryan looks a real quality player, doesn't he? He's a good player. Um, he's a good player, Nick. He's uh, he's very uh, um, he's good in possession. Yeah, doesn't panic. Uh, uh, and looks for a sensible pass, and if and if there's not something on, he won't take the chance. No, uh, no. And, Mark of a good player. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the the other um, you, your um, comparison of Norton Cuffey that I feel mm. he he reminds me more of a young Glenn Johnson when he came yeah, to Australia. Yeah, 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 another good choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and 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 Johnson as the, the that season wore on when he was with us, he, his improvements again in crossing the ball in particular. Yeah. Um, you know, Johnson then went on to play at a reasonable standard, but I think played for England, didn't he? Uh, England, oh, Liverpool. We played for Liverpool, didn't we? And, 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 uh, so, yeah. I, I, and I'm not, as you say, we shouldn't fall in love with Norton Cuffey too quickly. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, but as you say, Joe Bryan is our player, uh, and, um, and and Norton Cuffey could learn a lot from Joe Bryan just by watching him uh, and, and the way he sort of approaches and, uh, and um, applies himself in a game. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the player I wanted to pick out um, particularly, so I really like him, is Casper de Noor. Um, he had a shot on goal, which was well saved, actually, by the, the whole goalkeeper. Also, um, it was on target. It was uh, the, the goalkeeper did well, but he just supplies a real calmness, which is much needed in that yeah. midfield. When all about him are losing their heads, Casper de Noor keeps his. Um, yeah. And I, I really like the look of him this season, Steve. I think he's been I a real acquisition. Yeah, you know, hats off to the crazy. recruitment team for finding him. Oh. Yeah, you know, we're, we're quick, we're quick to knock him, quick to you know when, when when it doesn't work out, but it has worked out with Casper. Um, so yeah, two each, and then it was it was pretty much bombardment after that in in, in a way, wasn't it? It was it was pressure all the yes. way. I don't remember Hull. I haven't got anything noted here, but I don't remember Hull threatening too much coming towards. Our end, it was it was pretty much us not taking chances, which has bedeviled us yeah. for some time now. Um, sure, I suppose we should point out that's two goal games in succession we've scored twice, so that's a good thing. Um, yep. I don't know, Kevin Nisbet to me, you know, obviously we're talking about finishing, so we have to touch on. He's not really looked fit since he's come back from from injury, Steve, uh, and, he, and I think he also missed having Tom Bradshaw alongside him. I, I liked he, I like Kevin Nisbet, but he hasn't looked fit since he's come back. Um, he's come back too soon. Yeah. Um, but the, the options we had were um, less than um, uh, ideal. Mm-hmm. So obviously, Rowett had to throw him in. Um, and yeah, I, if he's not, if he's not hundred percent fit, there's going to be a, just a nagging doubt in his mind about whether he can make that round. Yeah. Or make and he's got his knee in his mind at all times, isn't he? Because yeah. he's had time out Definitely. with his knee. Um, Definitely. But yeah, but he's a good player. He's a good he's player. A, he, I like him. I like him. One of our better players in recent times. He's a finisher. 
and he's, don't forget, he's played a, a standard of football that you know comes under a lot of criticism in uh, Scotland. Mm. Um, and uh, I've, I've got a, a, a friend of mine who's a Jambo fan, mm. uh, full of hearts. So Hibbs is not his favourite team, <laughs> but he, he he spoke very highly in his bit and saw him play for the national side a couple of times. Uh, and he said, you, you know, he, I do believe you've got a good sign in there. And I don't think he was being sarcastic. I think he was genuine in what he said. I think he's correct. Um, I think but it's just a uh, fitness issue, isn't it? That's, 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 it is. That's the, the lagging, the, the lurking doubt, you know. But it was the, it was the issue last year where when um, uh, Fleming and Vogelslammer arrived, mm. they took they really took time to adjust to the, the pace of the game and and, and 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 what the championship demands from a player. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, um, Donora settled in very quickly. You know, yeah. he's he's picked up the pace very quickly. But that, that comes from just being that bit of extra class, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but uh, Nisbet just needs that little bit of time. Um, and but of course, he also needs a service. Yes, he does. You know, yeah, you, there, there, there like, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. Um, I mean, just to touch on a couple of other players that we talk about a lot. I mean, I... I you mentioned the pace of the game, and I think you're right. You're, you are up against some quality. I thought Hull weren't a bad side yesterday. And, you know, we, we, we mentioned Roman Essay coming in, and he did well when he came in late in the game. Um, and also uh, the, the, the moments, the big moments that present themselves that have to be taken. The late one fell to Idamo Imarku. Yeah. Um, and I think he will probably feel, in a cold light of day, that he should have done better with that late, late chance, should have put it on target, as we said I agree. at the start yeah, of the absolutely. conversation. So, so I can kind of, as much as it's tempting to call for the talent, and, you know, I'm, I'm the world's worst for that, Steve, um, I, I kind of understand Gary Rowett's reluctance to pitch them into the the maelstrom that is the championship, because it is a tough place to, to learn your game, isn't it? Uh, it is, um, but I think there's, there's two aspects of this. The first one is that Away from home and, and the way that the team was set up against Plymouth, um, uh, that seems to be tried and uh, trusted now. Yeah. Um, and and we've got some results this season. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, okay, we've got a bit of a hammering at uh, Norwich, but that's, you yeah. know. Um, Ultra under the bridge. This, this, yeah. Exactly. And, and this league has thrown up some strange results. So, you know, we were going to be on the back end of one of those. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the issue here is the fact that Maybe um, uh, SA and Amaku might not be in a, a first on the team sheet for an away game, but playing them at home lifts the crowd. It does. The crowd love uh, them. Yeah, they do. Uh, and and you know we have to accept the fact they're going to make the odd mistake. Yeah, they're they're not going they're not the finished articles by a long way. No. But the way Romain SA dropped his shoulder, took two players out of their midfield. Yeah, then turned and laid that ball inside to Amaku. That's, that's oh, top draw. he's top drawer. He is top drawer. I mean, we'll, we'll do well to to hang on to him, I think, because I think money will will certainly spot him at some point. Um, but yeah, I, I, I take the point. I think uh, I think home is going to be a more nurturing environment if it then can ever be described as a, a nurturing environment for anyone. Um, but I think it will be for these two particular players because they're beloved of the crowd and they do lift the crowd, and that's much yeah. needed uh, this season. Yeah. Um, but, and we've got nothing to we've got nothing to lose after recent home performances. You know, with the goals we've conceded, which are far too many. Yeah. And and the stats alone of you know since the turn of the year, our, our away our home form has been appalling compared to you know what our that reputation past record has yeah, been. Has and our reputation, yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. Um, I mean, Gary Rowett clings on. He's he's, he's got a, 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 one thing I wanted to ask you whilst I've still got you is the is the, the Gary Rowett question really because. 
Okay. He's he's clung on. He, he hasn't. I think I described him as Harry Houdini. Escapes out of tight spots when he needs it most. And I think this week, four points out of the two, the six that we've had in the midweek and and yesterday, um, buys him certainly buys him. Um, you know, more credit in the bank. We've got an international break now. Then a couple of away trips. One to Preston. One to one to Watford. Um, yep. They're difficult games. Um, I. I I go around in circles with him. There, there, the, the the thing that bothered me yesterday, which we've touched on already, is the these mental collapses that we get every now and again, and I don't understand what allows that. The 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 the, the, the mentality of the squad that does come back to Gary Rowett because his job to deal with those kinds of, you know, these, these are decent players, but they just collapse at in certain points, and that, that's that comes back to the manager in the end. Would you agree with that, or is that simplistic? Do you think? I I I agree partly. Because when they um, when the game started and uh, and Rowett's done all his prep, he said what he's needed or he thinks he needs to say. Mm. When they when the players are out there playing, it's about their as you say their mental fragility. That then relies on the fact who's leading on the pitch. Who are the who are the the players out there that are if you like, geeing out, geeing the other players up, boosting their confidence, saying well done, good pass, mm. things like this. Yeah. I don't hear that and see it unless Savile's playing. Yeah, <clears throat> um, you know, and, he, and he's not. He's not playing. He's not. He's not. No, absolutely. Cooper, Cooper. It's not. It's not in his nature. No. It's not. He's it's not, not in Leonard's style. nature either. Stevie doesn't seem to nope. be a, a, a talker. Um, They're not vocal. No. no. And, and uh, I, I don't. I, Joe Bryan's still a new boy on the. Yeah. Uh, a new kid on the block. Um, and uh, Denor still probably a new kid on the block. Yeah. How, uh, these are these are all unknowns, but I just don't see it now. Traditionally, you know, we've always had players on the pitch that lead. Yeah, that aren't afraid to talk. Yeah, yeah. And and that's been whether it's a centre forward in Neil Harris or Morrison, or or whether that's been, you know, people, you know, the Hurlock and Bryan's of this world. You know, but there's also an issue here that Gary Rowett's got to face. And it's um, uh, the consistency of um, uh, his tactical, you know, his setup. I, I, I think he's too rigid. And, and I'll come back to my point I made earlier on. We didn't need to play the same team that's uh, played on Tuesday. Yeah. We were, uh, Hull were a different... Um, uh, Kellerfish. Uh, yeah. Opposition. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, um, I, I, unless there's no work being done in the prep to suss what Hull are going to bring to the party. Mm. You know, surely we're doing some, some sort of scouting in advance. Um, so, or, and even if it's just video. You can you watch know, the you, telly you in this day and age. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so it's, I, you know, I, I just wonder that we're, we're just too rigid in our thinking there. So that's where I will hold him to account. Yeah. But once the game started, it's up to the players on the pitch, I'm afraid. Yes, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, and we've got that. It's, it's been a mixed bag of a season. We've got a mixed bag of a game yesterday, which in a way, we've said it a few times in recent games, it sums up the season because we've got a bit of the good, the bad and the ugly yesterday. So, um, yeah. There we are. The game finished two each. Leaves Millwall in 15th position, but in this strange division, Steve, just three points behind the sixth promotions, uh, the, the playoff Amazing. spot at Birmingham. So, um, international break now. Chance to take our breath and uh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, come back renewed after after the next week's internationals. Steve, I've kept you for 24 minutes. I said, I only, I said to Steve, I'm going to do a quick 10 minutes with you, Steve. We've spoken for 24 minutes, mate. I really appreciate you. Uh, no problem. Taking time out of your Sunday morning, mate. I know you've got stuff to do. Big thank you for joining the show. Steve Lee. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Nick. Achtung. Millwall.
And the answer to that question earlier on, dear listeners, the Liverpool legend, 1971-84, 340 appearances for the Reds, seven goals. Won it all with Liverpool, not so much with England. It was, of course, Phil Thompson. Phil Thompson. Hope you've enjoyed that question. Do check out Pundit Games, number one board game. Check it out at punditgames.co.uk. Christmas is a coming, dear listeners.